It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard for the latest round of Scottish Premiership fixtures. Rangers are looking to go into the international break on top when they head to Hamilton. Before that, it's Kilmarnock Dundee United, Livy Ross County and a Battle of the Saints. Then tomorrow, the David Turnbull Derby as Celtic welcome Motherwell. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. The ground rules are simple for Rangers today. They have to make a bad week for Celtic even worse when they go to Hamilton and then put additional pressure on Neil Lennon's side when they face Motherwell tomorrow. As for the rest, could St Mirren make it three defeats out of three for St Johnston at home this season? Libby are bottom of the table, it's obvious, but they need against Ross County and I'm looking forward to Dundee United at Kilmarnock. I think Mickey Mellon is building something really interesting at Tannadice. A win today and they go third. Yeah, another interesting weekend ahead of us, Gordon. Obviously, Rangers tonight have the opportunity to go nine points ahead with Celtic playing tomorrow, and that's going to be hugely important. How does Celtic bounce back tomorrow from European disappointment? Before all that, echo what Hugh says, Kilmarnock against Dundee United. Like the look of Mickey Mellon's side, started the season well, looked not too bad against Celtic. Last week, Kelly will be looking to improve in their early form this season, and a lot of good ones in the other fixtures ahead today. Yeah, absolutely. Command looks at the game of the day for me. Uh, Alex Dyer looking to get his first win. Livingston also trying to get their first win on the AstroTurf versus Ross County. I'm looking forward to seeing St Johnston as well. I think there could be goals up there with St Mirren. And then obviously we'll get Aki's Rangers later on gone. Looking forward to today. And uh, Hugh, it's been quite a week. We've had major European disappointments. We've had European successes. We've had a big transfer between two clubs right here on our patch. Yep. We've had uh, coronavirus punishments handed out and... Uh, it's all happening And it will continue to happen Because uh, there'll be a reaction to the No-ban decision on the Aberdeen players Bolly Bolingoli uh, I don't think anyone will protest At what happened to him uh, He broke the law after all uh, But I think the main story Obviously was Celtic going out the Champions League And then signing David Turnbull It will be a big occasion Even though no one will be there to see it It'll be a big occasion at Celtic Park tomorrow. Neil Lennon has had his say and I think has backpedalled on what he had to say about players who want out of the club. So it's a big afternoon for Celtic. They should not be looking for anything other than maximum points and a comprehensive win. I'm sure we'll get to that as the afternoon progresses. It's all set up nicely. Three o'clock, Kilmarnock Dundee United, Livingston, Ross County and St Johnston, St Mirren. Then at half past five tonight, Hamilton Ackies up against Rangers as well, which leaves two games still to come tomorrow in the Premiership. Celtic, Motherwell and Hibs against Aberdeen. So let's start by going around the grounds, getting a flavour of what's to come this afternoon and some team news as well. Where will we kick off? Rugby Park, I think. Kilmarnock against Dundee United. Here's Roger Hanna. Yeah, the only place to kick off this afternoon. I like that. He's quite right. The game of the day, or certainly the game of the three o'clock kickoffs, and how Kilmarnock could do with a first league win of the season, Gordon. Just two points from their opening five games. They're only off the bottom of the Premiership table on goal difference. The only point they've managed here at Rugby Park, oddly, was that one secured in the 1 1 draw against Kilmarnock. I like that's tried to ring the changes. Yusuf Malumbu signed again for the third time yesterday. He's on the bench this afternoon, but he's lost Alan Power, a mainstay in the midfield. He's out for six weeks with a hamstring injury. Ross Millen misses out again today. He's serving the second of his two match ban. Goalkeeper 
for Jake Eastwood. He's still out. And of course, Moel McCreaney, he headed off to Norway. He's in talks to sign for IK start over there. So there's three changes from Kilmarnock from last week. Out go Aaron McGowan and Brandon Hounstrup, as well as Alan Power. In from the start come Greg Kilty, Nicky Kabamba, and a debut for Zeno Ibsen Rossi, a defender on loan from Bournemouth. So they will go with Danny Rogers and goals. I've had four of Zeno Rossi. Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Callum Waters. Midfield, Chris Burke, Gary Dicker, Alan, Aaron Shibola and Greg Kelty. And then up top together for the first time this season is Nicky Kabamba and Eamon Brophy. On the bench, Doyle, McGowan, Hounstrup, Dicamona, Mackenzie, Malumbu, Pinnock, Whitehall and Cameron. Well, as for the United, seven points from five games. The boys are right. Mickey Mellon's made a big impression since coming north for the first time. Those seven points include six on the road, away wins at Motherwell and at Ross County when I saw them a couple of weeks ago for Super Scoreboard. And it did impress at stages while losing 1-0 at home to Celtic last Saturday night. Still no Lawrence Shankland in the uh, 20-man squad. Ryan Edwards is fit. No Liam Smith either. And, of course, Shankland's omission. That surely means he'll be withdrawn from the Scotland squad for these upcoming Nations League qualifiers against Israel and the Czech Republic next week. Unsurprisingly, unchanged from that side who fought so well against Celtic last week. The impressive Benji Segrist again in goal. It's a back four of Lewis Nielsen, Mark Connolly, Mark Reynolds and Jamie Robson. Just in front, Ian Hart and Callum Butcher then the three of Luke Bolton Peter Pollitt and Logan Chalmers behind the lone front man Nicky Clark the substitutes Mehmet Sporl Powers McMullen Smith Edwards Glass Freeman and Aperi the referee is David Monroe and here's a wee stat Gordon for all you boys who like a flutter nine of the last ten meetings between these clubs have seen both teams scoring 45 goals scored an average of 4.5 goals a game in the last meeting here which United's last game before dropping into the Championship in May 2016. They won 4-2 under caretaker gaffer Gordon Young. And of the 28 players on the pitch that day, the only one to survive is Rory McKenzie, who's on the bench for Kelly today. And Gary Dicker was on the bench as well. Don't worry, we've both done our research, Roger Hanna. I love your stats, though. Hugh Keevan's eyes lit up. You see, if I had said that about the goals, it would be a kiss of death. <laughs> But if Roger Hanna says it You believe it It must be true Absolutely Let's hear from both managers Starting with Alex Dyer I'm hoping now that we can crack on And try and get three points um, The lads have worked hard Like I always say Performances have been good Apart from sort of like The second half last week Well I think they let themselves down We've looked at a couple of things in training We've worked hard And I'm hopefully now That we can go out there on Saturday And try and give um, Kilmarnock supporters a, a good performance and try and get three points and of course up against Mickey Mellon this afternoon they've got a lot of experienced players now they have got players that have proven are proven at this level consistently so we know going down there at any time you're in for a really difficult game we've prepared properly we've been on the 4G this week to give ourselves the best chance of getting a result but we know it's going to be a tough game but if we are going to be this force that we expect a club of Dundee United stature and class of being, we've got to be good down there and making sure that we make an impact in, in these games. I get the impression, Roger Hanna, that early on in the season, Mickey Mellon is winning over quite a few people in Scottish football. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the team's performance has been very good. You have to remember this team um, came up from the Championship. They lost their manager 
during the close season, Robbie Nielsen heading back to Hearts, Mickey Mellon came up, I mean he has a Scot obviously, you can tell by the accent Gordon, but no experience either as a player or as a manager in Scotland, it was really a leap into the unknown for Mickey Mellon, a very young squad, you know, you look at the likes of Logan Chalmers who's come through the ranks, Lewis Nielsen who's come through the ranks, young Kieran Freeman and Lewis Aperi are both on the bench today, as is Declan Glass, a very very young squad, but he has moulded them, he's organised them extremely well, um, I think they'll come out in the 4-2-3-1 formation again today, and he's got good players, you know, Benji Segrist, a very good goalkeeper, he's got a bit of experience in the two centre-halves, Mark Reynolds, and of course Mark Connolly, who used to play here for Kilmarnock, uh, Callum Butcher has impressed in a holding role in midfield, and even in the absence of Lauren Shanklin, who hasn't played since the first day of the season when they drew with St Johnson, they have managed to get goals, they've got goals throughout the team, I saw Nicky Clark come off the bench to get a winner up at Dingwall a couple of weeks ago, he starts again today, so yeah, he has made a positive impression so far. Such is the, the stature, if you like, of, of Lauren Shankland and what he's done recently, Roger, that you still find yourself talking about him when he's not played in ages. Um, continued speculation about his future, obviously. He was named in the Scotland squad, and as you mentioned, I wonder if his omission today is the, the 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 sign that he will be withdrawn from that squad. Yeah, I would suspect so. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes in in his place because we're not thick on the ground for options. Obviously, Stephen Naismith hasn't played at all with Hearts. Uh, Lee Griffith hasn't played at all with Celtic. Um, the likes of Stephen Fletcher, you'd love to think, would take a call, but he hasn't shown much indication he's willing to come back and play for Scotland. Kevin Nisbet, who started the season on fire at Aberdeen, and he's got a hamstring problem and is doubtful to play against Aberdeen tomorrow. So... Who has left? What other options are there open to Steve Clark? In the past, he's used Eamon Brophy in the Scotland squad. If Brophy was to impress today, could he get a late call-up? We will find out. Watch this space. Uh, Battle of the Saints in Perth. Fraser Wishart's keeping an eye on St Johnston against St Mirren. It is, as you said, the Battle of the Saints. Uh, Gordon here at McDermott Park and one that I think the home side will really be looking to win. They've had a decent start to the season. They had a draw against Dundee United and a win away at Kilmarnock in the first three games. In the last two games, both played here, they've lost by the odd goal. And while they've been playing quite well, they could really do with a win. You don't want to be a team that plays well and doesn't pick up the points, especially this early in the season. I think last week against Hibs, they will feel unlucky. I thought they deserved at least a point. They had a good goal disallowed, then a really harsh penalty. And the, but of course, no point on the board from that game but they found the goals difficult to come by and that's despite Callum Davidson in his spell here as manager now he's playing a 3-4-3 formation so always three attacking players Henry the focal point the likes of Halloran and Conway and Witherspoon beside them they've got May on the bench so there's goals in the squad but they just need to, to really just click and start to score one or two and they'll make life easier for the rest of the team but they'll find it difficult against a well-organised St Myrne team I think we talk all the time about how Jim uh, Goodwin has signed well and organised at the back but he's also got good players in an attacking sense and a good start to the season their only defeat in the first five games was at Ibrox they were comfortable last week against St Johnson one up until Joe Shaughnessy was sent off and then they hung on to pick up a really vital point but like St Johnson again goals been a bit of a problem over the last wee while John Abika scored a couple but his strike partner Junior Marais he's been outstanding in the last couple of games his runs have been fantastic clever play but he's had plenty of chances and he just can't finish he needs a goal and that might just kick start his season for him in an attacking sense there's been one change to the St Johnson team Liam Craig is suspended 
and David Wotherspoon comes in. They go with that 3-4-3 formation. Xander Clarkson goes, Jason Kerr, Liam Gordon, Jamie McCart at the back in midfield. Danny McNamara, Ali McCann, David Wotherspoon and Scott Tanzer with Michael Halloran, Craig Conway either side of the main striker, uh, Callum Henry. The subs, Forsen Johnson, Ross Sinclair as a sub-goalie. Murray Davidson back in the squad for the first time this season. Christopher Kane, Stevie May, Sean Rooney, Callum Booth, Isaac Olafi, John Robertson and Wallace Duffy. For Saints, there's also one change again for suspension reasons. Joe Shaughnessy is out and Ilkay Durmas comes in. Dylan Connolly, the new sign from MK Dons, has to stay on the bench. It looks like there's going to be a change in formation for St Murn as well to a 3-4-1-2 formation. Jack Annickson goals, back three of Marcus Fraser, Conor McCarthy and Richard Tate. Across the middle, Jimmy McGrath, Sam Foley, Nathan Sheeran and Ilkay Durmas with Kyle McAllister just off the front two of John Obika and Junior Moriah. Sub goalie for St Murn is Dean Linus. The rest of the subs, Cammy McPherson, Jack Baird, Christian Dennis, Dylan Connolly, Ethan Erhanon, Jay Henderson, Lewis Jimison and Josh Jack. And the referee today, I mean, Dimmit Park, is Kevin Clancy. Let's hear from the managers. It's Callum Davidson up against Jim Goodwin. Some of them are really organised, very, very well disciplined and drilled. And I think they've got a little bit of a threat going forward. So I've watched a lot of their games. So I know Jim's teams are always set up really well. So now we've got to play well. We've got to play the same tempo and intensity we played in the second half against Hibs. Sometimes you can take performances, you're happy sometimes with good performances, but I think you need the results to come with it. If you ask me, we want to play badly on Saturday and win 1-0, well, I might take that. But, you know, I think I'm looking for performance first and then hopefully the results will start coming at a more regular frequency. A win on Saturday against St Johnston and the other results go for you. Again, we could be sitting far on the table, so that's the incentive for the players. Um, yeah, I mean, look, things are... We're, we're taking along nicely. I think defensively, we're well organised. Uh, of the four goals that we've conceded up to now, two of them have been OGs. Um, so, you know, we're not... Jack Annick, apart from the Rangers game, hasn't really had lots to do. And that's the pleasing thing for me. Um, on the other side of it, we need to do better going forward. We need to get more shots on the opponent's goal and be a bit more creative. One of the standout moments from last week's game was that incredible acrobatic goal line clearance from Richard Tate Fraser and I'm just thinking between Hugh Keevans' advancing years Gordon DL's hip I'm wondering if we should get all the members of the Super Scoreboard team to try and recreate that goal line clearance and And see how you all fare And Richard Tate's no no spring chicken either it was was an unbelievable clearance I mean at the time you're kind of thinking how did he get up there to do that and you know it was going right in the top corner so so great agility and he he is a fantastic signing for, for I think when you're going around uh, clubs and you're looking for your squads, you need guys like Tate who'll play right back, left back, centre back. He'll do anything you want. He's a good pro, but when he comes up with performances like that, and he's also scored the winning goal as well at the other end of the pitch in the first game of the season against against Livingston. So it was. I think the blow was Joe Shaughnessy's tackle. I think uh, it was a red card, and I think that's why Simon haven't appealed it at the time. It, it looked harsh because I don't think it was one where there was any great intent. But I think in the modern day, and he'll be, that'll be a blow for them. And uh, you know the. It, it, it remains to see. I think they might play a 3-4-3 formation almost, but um, they might just go and put Foley back into centre-back. But I think that weakens their midfield area at St Mern. So, an interesting game ahead. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in, in this game. I think both teams are, are fairly solid and then say lacking goals. But uh, I think a fascinating game ahead. What do you think, Gordon DL, about a WD-40? Think you'd manage it? I'd certainly need it, Gordon. And plenty <laughs> of it, let me tell you. A trampoline as well does to get Yeah, exactly, mate. I just hope uh, it never comes to that. I, I could be... hardly go up the stairs, never mind doing that. <laughs> Listen, you may have a bad hip. I may be at an advanced stage in life, but I can do the John O'Beaker song. <laughs> well, I think we'll save it in case he scores again. I don't want you to... to... 
um, give us it too early. I think we'll wait and see if he scores again. You're, you're right, actually, Gordon. I I had to drop some equipment off at you this morning. Um, everyone worries about you when you get sent to games on your own because it can it can go one or two ways. So you you found it. You found the Tony Macaroni. That's that's have, a start. Uh, I had to put my hat off. I actually got lost with that. Uh, my equipment was not working, so I'm off to a good start. But it's <laughs> nice weather. I'm enjoying it. I got up the stairs here. Um, it's, I'm looking out here at this pitch everybody doesn't like I'll be interested to see how Ross County handle that this afternoon because Livingston really need to get points on the board simple and straightforward as that uh, they've not won any of their games in fact they've not won any league games in nine which is poor for a team that finished sixth last season and a lot was expected of them and uh, you look at Ross County a lot of us guys in the studio uh, predicted that they would be relegation they're sitting in third so um, obviously with the big news for Livingston is the fact that you know, Dykes away to Queen's Park Ranger for two million. They can't refuse money like that. They brought in Stokes, obviously not fit enough to start, but they've got their new striker, Lars is it Lacotte it's pronounced Gordon. It's good enough for me, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Um he starts today, uh McCrory and Goals will be back for Devlin, Ambrose, Guthrie and Serrano. Bartley and Sybil just in front, Forrest Pittman and Robinson and Lars Lacotte up front and hoping that he's got to score the goals. Um, for the visitors, they've changed their formation, but they'll come here full of confidence. They're doing very well. They're getting results. They'll be hard to beat. They went to a 3-5-2 Laidlaw, Ayakofiti, Donaldson and Tremacher uh, uh, at the back with Randall. Uh, Draper, Vigers and Gardine and Stewart and Mackay up front which will cause Livingston a lot of problems Stewart usually plays off the left hand side but I'm told today that he's got to play through the middle with Mackay interesting that one, a few clubs looking at him mm. so they played here in a pre-season friendly it was 2-2, four goals I'm expecting the same today Yeah obviously the home forms what's really defined Livingston's success Gordon we know they had by a distance the third best home record last season um, they've only gone three in a row without a home win once since rejoining the top flight, and that's obviously what they're looking to avoid today. How important is it Gary Holt gets back to making that fortress? Well, I'll be interested to see if he changes his style, Gordon. Obviously, I've not seen the new lad. Um, Dykes gave them the physical presence up front, and they sort of played that direct ball to him then after that that's where they can, can get a lot of credit because I think they played some decent football in the final third I thought it was a good game plan that worked perfectly well for Livingston this season I watched them at home to St Mirren uh, sorry it's, uh, away to St Mirren the opening game of the season they didn't have a shot on target they were woeful they were really really poor uh, they got a good point at Fir Park and at home, as I say, they get a good point with Rangers, but they need to start putting three points on the board. They need to start winning. Mm. If you take this season out of the equation as well, it's nine league games they've not won. So Gary Holt will be looking, and no disrespect to Ross County, I know they're sitting in third, I know they've got off to a good start, but when you're looking at Ross County and the fixture list, you're thinking, great opportunity at home to get three points. Yeah, Livingston, Ross County, one of the fixtures this afternoon at three o'clock, Killy, Dundee United and St Johnston, St Mirrenham, Hamilton Rangers to come later on as is always the case at this point on a Saturday we get all the guys involved the guys in the studio the top team around the grounds and we take a look back at some of the week's biggest stories that's coming up next 
action as it happens. And your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray in the studio. The top team all around the grounds as well. And we're building up to the three o'clock games between Kilmarnock, Dundee United, Livy Ross County and St Johnston St Mirren. Hamilton Rangers still to come a bit later on. As is always the case at this time on a Saturday though, we open the mics, we get all the guys involved and see what they've made of some of the week's biggest stories. There have been a few, to be fair. Sometimes I have to think long and hard about it on a Saturday morning, and other times don't have to think about it at all. There are a few that jump out, but in particular, let's start with last night, because it was late last night um, when news came through on the show that the Aberdeen 8, as they've now become known, have been given three-match suspended bans for breaching coronavirus rules. Now, the bans only kick in if they break rules again um, in the future before February. Volleyball and golly, he has been given a three-match immediate ban with a further two suspended again if he commits a further breach. So a bit of a difference um, in the punishment. Just open it out, Hugh Keevens, kick us off. What, what, what do you make generally? And I'm sure we'll get into the specifics soon. I think there's a difference in the scale of punishment given to the Aberdeen players with a three-match suspended sentence and... Uh, uh, volleyball and golly Three match And then a two match Suspended sentence And the difference is Volleyball and golly Broke the law Ball and golly Went to a country That uh, people from this country Were asked not to visit And then come back Deluded Neil Lennon And all of his Celtic Teammates By not telling them What he had done Was visited by Police Scotland And was fined also went into a dressing room at Rugby Park with all of his Celtic teammates and worse still, came on the park, thereby running the risk of infecting people on both teams. So for me, Ball and Golly's punishment is self-explanatory and I wrote a newspaper column last weekend where I said that I hoped that Aberdeen did not become a celebrity cause. Um... You know, to appease the Scottish government after Nicola Sturgeon had said Scottish football was on a yellow card. I didn't want the Aberdeen players to have a disproportionate punishment and I think that the judgment passed on them yesterday was fair enough. I did expect them to get a token ban, one, perhaps two games, but they got... The sentence they got And I think that's fair enough Fraser Wisher You were obviously With your PFA Scotland hat on Involved um, Certainly with regards To the Aberdeen players What can you tell us about About the process? Yeah we, we did uh, Myself and uh, one of our lawyers Represented the, the Aberdeen players We weren't involved In the Bollingoli case he, he chose to go his His own route So I can't comment On, on that side of it But certainly from, from the Aberdeen players Point of view I think it's a fair outcome and I think it hopefully it draws a line under this. I've been talking this for a couple of weeks that uh, these lads made a mistake, made an error of judgment and my goodness have they paid for it, you know, and, and that was all part of the, the kind of mitigation, if, if you like, is is, is uh, with the SFA and with the panel it was to say the guys admitted the charge, it was bringing the game into disrepute, you know, and their actions have because there's been so many hours talked about it and written about it. The First Minister's come out and had a go as well. Social media, people demanding they get sacked. They've had 14 days in isolation. People forget that. And when you look at the players who actually were involved in it, none of them are a problem player. They're all good professionals who are feeling a bit sheepish about what went on, you know, a mistake, an error. 
and they had 14 days in isolation to contemplate that as well. So that was all part of, of, of the, 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 the case. And uh, I think the panel came to a correct decision. And I'm just hoping, for everybody's sake, we can draw a line under it. And uh, it can be used, as often negatives can be used as a positive, to, 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 because it's been so high public profile that players around the country will realise you know, they have to just do their bit, they have to keep themselves safe, because football isn't a position where it's allowed to restart, it's progressing. We're going to see small crowds starting to come back as well, so the players have their part to play across the board. But yeah, for me, I think the players, I really feel for them, I feel for what they've had to go through. They made a mistake and they've been punished severely for it over the piece in many, many different ways, and I thought it was a fair, a fair outcome to the hearing. How confident are you that you've learned that they've learned their lesson, Fraser? Because um, it won't surprise you that a lot of people will will think that they should have, you know, received a perhaps a, a slightly stricter punishment or or some sort of immediate ban, the word deterrent, all that sort of thing. How confident are you they've learned their lesson? Some people just want players suspended right, left, and centre, and, and it becomes a popularity thing where it's, it's it can become popular for governing bodies to to, to punish players. I, I think that was this wasn't the case here. This was purely down to to the merits of this individual case, and you can't stop people. Wanting players hung, drawn, and quartered. I mean, the only thing that didn't happen to them was a public flogging, almost in Aberdeen, you know. And, and I think people have to understand they're human beings. And you look at the lads there, and every day on the show knows them, and people around Aberdeen know them as well. There's not a bad lad amongst them, and they're feeling it, you know. So people can have their opinions. I think it's time to move on, and I, and I think that uh, every player, especially these lads, have learned a lesson. I mean, they, they didn't intend to break the rules. It's not as if they knew they were breaking the rules, but they did. And the fact is that they've been punished hugely. They've been fined by their club. They've had, let's say, the first minister being involved as well. And, you know, a burden of perhaps if football was to have been shut down, that might have been a burden on their shoulders. Huge burden on these, these lads as well. So I'm just glad it's all over for them. Um, I'm pleased that the PFA could pay, play their part in finding, I think, a reasonable solution to it as well and represent our players. So all, all in all, I think um, a, a fair outcome. And I hope we can move on and talk about football and how Aberdeen are playing because they're playing well. Fraser, just in terms of the, I know you weren't part of the Bolingoli. Do you think he's been harshly treated then? And you consider it's a fair outcome from the Aberdeen guys, because because he's had the same kind of scrutiny yeah. as, the, as the other guys. Well, I, I do. I feel for him as well. You know, I mean, he he made a, a huge error in in terms of what he did, and uh, again, he's been made to to, to punish uh, to, to pay for it as well. And uh, I, I don't want to go into details, um, uh, Alex, I don't know what the situation was with his, his situation. I think he was probably more likely to get a heavier band than, than the Aberdeen lads. But um, again, for him, you know, this is a lad who's, you know, I always look at individual circumstances. Alex, you've been there. You've been in the eye of a storm, I'm sure, during your career as well. It's not easy. And this has been a huge storm. A lad from Belgium who's, who's committed again, a huge mistake, a big error, and uh, I just hope that people can actually say, right, okay, he's been punished, he's been punished enough, he made a huge mistake, can we try and move on and let these lads go on with their career? Uh, Roger Hanna, what was your take on it all? Um, well, I said to the show a couple of weeks ago when, when the charges were levelled at the players in the clubs, Gordon, I was slightly uncomfortable with the way the charges were levelled. It was almost as if the, the Hamden authorities wanted to appease Nicola Sturgeon and the Scottish Government. Um, there was a gap between the alleged offence of the Aberdeen 8 and the charges being levelled against them. And it was only after the First Minister spoke publicly that these charges were levelled. I, I didn't really like that. So the hearing's taken place yesterday, they've had a suspended sentence, and I think that's appropriate. There needs to be some perspective put on this, Gordon, when you look at some of the high-profile cases you've seen in the last week involving very high-profile English Premier League players overseas. Um, the greatest offence of the Aberdeen players was sitting with a glass of soda and lime with you know, seven other pals in the corner of a bar. So 
Uh, Fraser says they have been through a tough time. They've had to self-isolate. They've been fined. They've been vilified everywhere you look. Um, Derek McInnes, Dave Cormack has criticised them as well, their employers. So I think a suspended sentence is right. I tended to agree with you. I was expecting a one or a two game ban. But if they suspend that ban, that's fair enough. I don't think you can compare their punishment with that of Bolly Bolingoli because Bolly Bolingoli's crime was, was you know, far more serious as, as the boys have already said so he has got I think a three and a two if you like um, some of his suspension is suspended um, it's sort of irrelevant anyway because he's not going to be playing for Celtic anytime soon in the next five games or probably the next 105 after that but um, I've criticised the, you know, the scales of justice at Hamden before I think yesterday they probably got it just about right so just to kind of reiterate or elaborate on that point, you don't think it is a problem or, or an issue that the punishment for Bolingoli was, was different to that that was handed out to the Aberdeen players? No, they're completely different cases. I know they've been sort of clubbed together because it's all under the COVID-19 umbrella, if you like, Gordon. The, the Aberdeen players, essentially their issue was that they went out as an eight. Um, if they'd gone out in two fours, there would have been no problem. If they'd, you know, four of them had socially distanced from another four, the other side of the bar, they, they probably have, you know, have been okay. Um, volleyball in Goli went to another country, a country that you knew and I knew and the dogs in the street knew that you couldn't go to without self-isolating for 14 days when you came back. Not only did he not self-isolate, he went back to training, he came here to Rugby Park to share a dressing room with his teammates, to play in a game against another team and just forgot to tell anyone else they had been in another country. So it is a far more significant offence than anything that the Aberdeen 8 did. Yeah, I can't agree with uh, Roger any more than I already have done. Uh, I, I agree with Fraser. The, the line has been drawn under this now. Hmm. The players have been warned. They have learned their lesson. All of Scottish football has observed this matter. They've read and heard about the, the, the verdict yesterday. They all know... Where they stand, you'd have to be a pretty naive or stupid top-class footballer to break the COVID-19 protocols now. It cannot be any more explicit than it has already been made. One more and you're out. You can fall into various traps on Super Scoreboard, but I just don't want Roger Hanna misleading the nation. I think it's you plus two households is what you're allowed to do in a pub, Roger. So just in case people take you as the voice of authority. Was it, was it not at the time where you're not allowed four? At the time of the at the time of the offence, I think you're right now. It is, it is plus two now. I'll well recovered, Roger. But, let, but let's let's just keep ourselves <laughs> right. I just don't want anyone going out tonight and saying, "Yeah, but I heard Roger Hanna on Super Scoreboard saying you were allowed to do it." Like, I've just but you know these cases uh, become so high profile uh, on social media this week. I was uh, addressed by someone who said, "I have proof that you and Mark Guidi were out at a table of twelve people." Now, nothing could be further from the truth. But that's the way people react to things now And there's a, a need for vengeance You read out a tweet last night From someone who wanted uh, Aberdeen dot 10 points Why? You know, there is this need Overwhelming need Within the game now Whether it's fans or Whoever For vengeance The Aberdeen players Were in the wrong And have been dealt with the line is drawn under it now And the Aberdeen players The eight know That they're on a three game ban If they're ever Stupid enough to, to break the Covid protocols again Between now and February We all know where we stand now 
Yeah and of course we had the news as well last night on that uh, Roger that the next round of Premiership fixtures we have Two weeks today uh, we could see up to three test events So we could actually have fans back inside our football grounds in two weeks time yeah, I still don't understand why we didn't have a test event at Celtic Park for the Motherwell game tomorrow. I'm quite heartened by the fact that the rugby game at Murrayfield Edinburgh Glasgow last night with 700 spectators seems to have passed successfully. Everyone seems quite happy with the way it all went, the way it was handled. So I believe there'll be three test events, one involving Ross County and Celtic up at Dingwall, uh, the Rangers and United game at Ibrox and one other Premiership game that's still to be selected. All three o'clock kickoffs, I believe that's Saturday, mm. September the 12th. Um, two days before the government is ready to, if you like, open the gates again to all football. So, fingers crossed the three games go well on the 12th. And if they are successful, you might start seeing every stadium in the country allowing spectators. And I think there's two and a half thousand. Um, I don't know whether Hughes' grandson is among any of them at the Amex Stadium in Brighton this afternoon for Brighton against Chelsea. Oh. A pre-season friendly. I believe there's a couple of the women's games down south. They'll get crowds as well this weekend. So we can only keep the fingers crossed and hope it all passes off well and we can get punters back into the grounds after September 14th. I can tell you, Roger, that my son is there. Uh, covering the story Oblique game For the English edition of your own Newspaper So there you are I'll get the Kevin Hughes byline looked out for <laughs> tomorrow He's on the payroll and I'll expect him to be paid promptly <laughs> uh, Fraser Wisher I guess there's still a bit of work to be done The early indications are that the test event At Murrayfield went well last night Or as well as can be um, It's just signs that we're heading in the right direction yeah, I was listening to Jason Leach uh, this morning uh, talking about it on radio and uh, saying there was no no problems at all. He was there, and that's very important for, for us all. I, I think sometimes in football we can get a wee bit angry about uh, no test event in football. I, I don't think there's anything in that particularly, but we've got, uh, if it means another couple of weeks to be just a bit more safety conscious, then fine. I think they wanted to learn the government from, from last night, which all went well, which is great news. I, I mean, I, I do sometimes take umbrage with the, the kind of phrase that football is privileged, you know, um, and footballers are privileged, etc. that sometimes comes out of, of, of authorities because football's paying a huge amount of money for that privilege in terms of testing more than any other business. And it is also it is a business and it's, it employs a lot of people. So sometimes... You know, government's language can be a wee bit over the top. In this sense, I've got no problem with them waiting for another couple of weeks. And if there's three events, one at a big ground, one with uh, at a smaller ground, and I think Ross County was always going to be one because they went public this week with uh, the fact that they've got their, 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 their things in place. But just to, to remember as well that every club, just because it works at Ibrox, doesn't mean it's going to work elsewhere. Every club has to have their own plan of action approved by the government. And it's going to be a slow process. We're not going to be sitting with uh, you know full stands or even half full stands for quite some time. But it's great. It's a step forward forward and I think it's good that we're just beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel for football and, and as I said earlier as long as everybody behaves themselves keep themselves out of the news then football will I think progress over coming months and we'll hopefully see more crowds getting in OK let's leave it there because we've got three big games fast approaching in the Scottish Premiership Kilmarnock against Dundee United at Rugby Park Livy Ross County at the Tony Macaroni and St Johnson against St Mirren at McDermott Park don't forget half past five Hamilton against Rangers then two big matches tomorrow it's all kicking off very soon and we'll go back around the grounds next the team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
15 minutes to kick off in the Premiership matches this afternoon St Johnston, St Mirren, Livy Ross County and Kilmarnock, Dundee United Hamilton Rangers still to come and we'll preview tomorrow's matches as the afternoon progresses as well Where should we go back to? Let's go back to the Tony Macaroni Arena um, Gordon, I think we mentioned Livingston's kind of home advantage that they had so often Last season I mean fifth, fifth place to finish you, you really can't look beyond them As being one of the success stories Of the Premiership Last campaign Is what What's missing This time around what, what What's different I don't know Gordon I think they got off To the worst possible start um, At St Mirren um, When they lost They were poor Didn't take anything Out of the game uh, Then obviously Reports are losing Probably their best player And the guy that led the line from brilliantly last year, and it was money they certainly couldn't refuse. I don't think that helped. Um, one or two players just settling in. So, and you know what like is in football? It's great if you get results. It's like buses, they just keep coming and coming and coming. It's the same with defeats and draws. You start to think, when's the next win coming? Now, we're looking at five games in. And they've not won a game yet. They really have to take something here this afternoon. I think I said six, Gordon. I'm glad you corrected me. It was fifth. Um, but it was a terrific season last year because they had a style of football. It worked very well for them. Now, I remember Motherwell were like that under Stephen Robinson when they come in at first. He played the sort of a direct football and teams cottoned on to it. And all of a sudden, their forum dipped. Then the young kids come in. They played a bit of football, got the ball down, changed the style they play. And I think I think it helped Motherwell wonderfully well. It'll be interesting to see now that Dykes is away. Will they change that style of football? Yeah, I suppose when you look at who left, Ricky Lamy went to Motherwell. Um, Stephen Lawless went to Burton Albion. Those two did play a fair amount of football. Lawless in particular, um, contributing a lot last season. On the other side today. Gordon, I wonder if if, if he's the, the next Lyndon Dykes, if you like. Um, Ross Stewart, 11 goals last season um, to this season, causes opposition defences problems. And in fact, the management at Ross County have been referencing guys like Lyndon Dykes and, and James Scott and saying, well, we believe he's every bit as good. And if he's going to leave, then we expect the fee to be somewhere in that region as well. Yeah, well, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon when they see the likes of the money that Coons Park, of, uh, Coons Park Rangers paid for Dykes. Um, I've got to be honest, Gordon, I've watched Stuart and especially last year, yeah, I thought he played well, but he never really stuck out for me. He was never one that I thought, oh, he could be a real good signing for someone. And then I started watching him this season. I know we're only five games in, but especially the first game against Motherwell. And the one thing I was so impressed with him was his work rate. His work rate was unbelievable. It was tremendous. Um He's, I think he's playing through the middle today. What I've heard, he's going up front to partner uh, Billy McKay in a, in a different shape, a 3-5-2. Um, but he certainly added a lot to his game. We know that there are clubs now interested, and that's why Ross County are getting out there early. Look, if London Dykes, London Dykes can go for two million quid, we've got a player that we think is the same value. Whether they'll get that or not is a completely different matter. Yeah, let's go on to the Battle of the Saints at McDermott Park. Fraser Wishart's keeping an eye on St Johnson against St Mirren. I mean, um, Roger, you, Fraser, sorry, you mentioned St Johnson and, in fact, St Mirren. Both of these sides perhaps struggling a little bit in front of goal uh, last season. And this is one of these pointless stats, by the way, that means absolutely nothing. But it just jumped out at me when I checked last season's league table this morning. St Johnson finished top six, 
And everyone in the top six had a positive goal difference, as you would expect, except theirs was minus 18, and they managed to get into the top six with a minus 18 goal difference. So, yeah, they, they do enough and they, they, they grind out results, but there's a, there's a sort of weird imbalance there in terms of goals scored and goals conceded. Yeah, but they lost 7 0 at Celtic Park in the first it game of the season, so it doesn't help that at all. I actually read a, another article during the week where it was talking about clubs who've qualified for Europe in, in the recent years with a negative goal difference, and St Johnson were one, I think, about back to 2011 or 2012. 12 or something and that happens in Scotland because you know the old firm are capable of, of sticking a few past you and uh, yeah, th- this year's been a wee bit slow for St Johnson in terms of goal scoring and, and you, you, you look at the team and they do play with attacking players you know Wotherspoon's in the mid, centre midfield today they've got uh, Henry right up front and it's not as if they're midfield players playing the wings they're attacking players you know and Conway and Halloran so it's just not quite clicked for them Stevie May's on the bench Chris Kane's on the bench so they've got players around who can get these goals but their performances have been fine Callum Davidson was talking about that in, in the interview but you don't want to become that team who, who have played well and lost played well and drawn when they should have won because all of a sudden after 12 games you're sitting with 6 or 7 points and you're near the bottom of the of the table and they'll find it difficult today I've got Simon down so we tip off they might play 3 at the back but if they don't they'll play Foley and, and, and centre back as well and they'll find them difficult to break down because they, they have got a strong team but I think Jim Goodwin must be fed up with his all and I'm as guilty as anybody of, of calling his team well organised because yeah that just suggests their, their defensive team I think, it's a, I think it's a compliment to Jim in terms of his coaching and he's just beginning to look in a more attacking sense I was talking to him after the game last week and he was mentioning to try to sign lad Dylan Connolly who they have signed Irish lad who's on the bench and he looks quite tall just watching him in the warm up as well but he's very quick and Jim likes that type of player who'll come in on the wing as well so if they can they can click keep themselves solid at the back and click up front someone will be a force to be reckoned with that said I don't see a lot of goals here today I think it could be it could be a 1-1 draw here for me at uh, McDermott Yeah obviously St Mirren being the lowest scorers in the division last season How much will it fall on Jonathan Abika to try and improve that? He, he took a bit to get going last season Ended up with a not bad return I think it was 12 goals in 34 games He's scored a couple of important ones already this season Should the Saints fans be excited about what he might be able to produce Yeah I think you're, you're, you're right Gordon I think they should be excited and he took a while to, to settle in he's the type of player that uh, you know, you, I think you'd like to play with because he, he's strong, he holds the ball up well he's back to goal and he, and he keeps the ball but then once the ball goes in the box he, he is there, he's there or thereabouts and, and Junior Marias I think is the most frustrating player for, for St Man and other supporters enjoy the way he plays because he makes good runs, he's clever runs he's very pacey, quick and strong but he's finishing in the last couple of games. I saw them last week against Ross County and the week before against against uh, Hamilton. And he's been terrific in his general play, but he's missed, I would say, four or five good chances and the four or five more efforts at goal, which is great. Again, lots of efforts at goal, but he needs to finish the easier chances. And I think if he gets one, he could kick on. And if you've got somebody else playing beside Obika, he gets 12 or 14, and somebody else gets close to 10. That's a lot of goals for a, for, for a team who are possibly going to be in the lower half of the, of the division. But I still think it's a place that I think that Jim Goodman will be looking to strengthen. Maybe bring in one more, and that'll be a striker before the end of the window. I'm trying not to do it, Hugh Keevens. I'm trying. It's a it's a worn out old cliche. I feel like it's a new season. He's a new man. But St Johnston are the draw specialists. Twelve of the twenty nine games last season. Um, these sides drew nil nil twice last season as well. Do you have any hope for yes, your old pal? I'm going to invite Mark Wilson standing beside me to. Read what I have put against St Johnston St Mirren There's a big D next to it draw. That's what he's put Dross or draw? Draw Good We always like to talk up the game Right let's go back to Rugby Park Roger Hanna is going to keep an eye on Kilmarnock Up against Dundee United The guys, have, they're backing you Roger they're, they're giving it game of the day status here 
in the studio. Um, bit of pressure comes with that. Yeah, I'm giving it game of the day myself. Given as we said earlier on, the last ten games between these sides, we've given us 45 goals. So we're looking for some goals this afternoon. But Kilmarnock will have to raise their game up. I always like Kilmarnock. The last few seasons have been, um, you know, as Fraser was speaking about St Mirren, they've always been well organised under Steve Clark, under Alec Dyer. But, but they could always score goals. You could always go forward. You know, Chris Park one side, they've got Greg Kilty on the other side today. For the first time this season, they've got two strikers together. It's been either Nicky Kabamba or. Brophy. Today it's Nicky Kabamba and Eamon Brophy. So Alec Dyer will be hoping that gives them more of a cutting edge up top than they've lacked this season. Um, they are joined bottom with Livingston after five games of the season. I can't see them being there for the entirety of the season. I just can't. I think there's too much quality, too much experience, too much talent at Alec Dyer's disposal. But they're going to have to get a win at some stage, Gordon. Um, yeah, news is just reaching us as well from the Tony Macaroni. Now, when you guys go to a game at the weekend, you're all used to now, you tend to send a picture from the ground with your view, and then the guys, the producers, will stick it on on Twitter. But Gordon Dale didn't send us one, uh, so they decided instead to put up an old one of him on his bike, just a, a random one that I, I think, uploaded at some point to social media, and uh, he's not happy. <laughs> Gordon Dale. No. Yeah, uh, someone just sent me a text and I was going, what are you talking about? And someone put a picture up and twi- how childish boys, come on. It's your socks are getting a bit of stick. Yeah, that was just when I was starting. I was building up my stuff uh, in Motherwell to, I've got my shoes and everything over now and I'm looking absolutely brilliant when I'm out on the roads. I've got to see a lot of horns getting uh, beeped at me from admirers. But you don't seem to put that up. I hate jealousy in the studio, I really do. There's <laughs> no one in the studio. But yes, I, 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 can hear, I can hear that, uh, Alec Ray and uh, Mark Wilson, whatever they call them. This just shows you how you don't understand the inner workings. Do you think Alex Ray and Mark Wilson get to control the Super Scoreboard Twitter feed? I don't think so. Hugh Keevens couldn't if his life depended on it. And it's okay, use one of the old school. And I'm too busy. It's those two behind the glass. It's producers Callum and Dan you want to be taking a look at. Um, Roger Hanna, you can imagine though. Oh yes, I'm looking forward to seeing this picture, you know, yourself, even for a man in his late 50s, Daz is still very keen in socks, uh, whether they're sports socks, knee-length socks, his cycling socks, so he, he always takes great pride in them, so you'll be disappointed if someone's taking the mickey out of them. Absolutely. Uh, right, I think that just about does it for us, Hugh Keevans, I think we'll um, that will leave it there, that'll take us up to kick-off. I'm going to do something that I never do, I think I'll go for Hugh Izaka before the break, I'm, I'm keen yeah. to find out. I am going for... Dundee United to win at Kilmarnock I'm going for Livy to get their first win of the season At home to Ross County As I've said before I've taken the St Johnson St Mirren for a draw And tonight Or this evening more correctly Rangers will take Hamilton Ackies apart I'm going for Kelly to beat Dundee United I just think with Kabamba and Brophy up front today They'll get uh, off and running with a win um, I'll go for Livy as well I think Livy will beat Ross County today And I'll go for the predictable draw Between St Johnson and St Mirren Before Rangers thump Hamilton Yeah I'm going for Kamarnock as well uh, To get their first win I'm going for Livingston to beat Ross County St Johnson to beat St Mirren And an away win for Rangers Okay Livingston, Ross County, St Johnson, St Mirren Kamarnock, Dundee United Kicking off next the winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Full time Livingston Gordon Diel How did it go? Yeah well uh, Valuable three points For Livingston I've got to say Gordon It wasn't a classic Of a football match uh, They should have went 1-0 up early on When obviously Pittman misses That clear cut chance Second half Their case was held When Ross County Really a silly foul By Tremarco Out in the left hand side Second yellow Had to go Ross County down to 10 men After that it was all Livingston, um, and to be fair, Ross County defended very, very well indeed, but it was a cross from Serrano on the left-hand side. Guthrie rose above everyone and headered it by Laidlaw to make it 1-0 to Livingston. You thought after that it was a case of getting a few goals for Livingston, but Ross County, five substitutions this afternoon, changed their formation, personnel, but they offered absolutely nothing going forward as an attacking threat. Now, wasn't quality, but Gary Holt will be absolutely over the moon. First win of the season, a valuable three points, lifts him off bottom of the table, so he'll be a happy man tonight. Ross County will probably reflect back on going down to 10 men, made it very difficult for them. So, from the Tony Macaroni Arena, it's Livingston 1, Ross County now. So there we go, that's the first full-time whistle and it's the only one at the moment. We're still waiting in Kilmarnock, we're still waiting in Perth uh, and of course building up to kick off in that other game between Rangers. Uh, their trip to Hamilton at half past five. Great win for Gary Holt's side. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, five points now. You look kind of lonely down at the bottom with two points. Now you get five and uh, you've still got Anthony Stokes to look forward to once he gets himself fit. Um, so when you're minus Lyndon Dykes but holding on to a seven figure sum and you get Anthony Stokes to come into the team been a good weekend for Livy only one team uh, sat in two points now Gordon yeah I've heard they're yep. mighty well mm-hmm. so uh, they, nice you know, easy fixture yeah, tomorrow course, as well absolutely yeah. so uh, the importance of getting that win and, and uh, were they winners today I think the way they went about their business come on we did say it was uh, the, the game of the day but they've been excellent. I think Alex Dyer will be well pleased with oh, the yeah. scene. Mm. And going back to listen, going back to Levy, I think that's where they built their success on. Absolutely. Last year, yeah. Where they got teams like Ross County down, they always made sure they did the job. Very rarely slipped up. So it was important they, they got a decent result today because that. It brings What's a lot in, doesn't it, Mark? You know, in terms of... Sorry, when you go, Gordon. I was just going to say, it's full-time at McDermott Park. St Johnston taking on St Mirren. How did it go, Fraser? St Johnson won, St Mirren nil, a thoroughly deserved victory for St Johnson, having dominated the game though, Callum Davidson must have been wondering if his team would get that winner at any point, and it did come in the 72nd minute with sub Stevie May with the deserved winner, they completely dominated the first half, St Johnson plenty of possession, lots of crosses but they couldn't convert that domination into goals, in the 7th minute Conor McCarthy was robbed by Hendry, strike was through 1-1 one one with the goalkeeper, good low save by Jack Anik to his left, kept it level, then Scott Tanzer volleyed a Danny McNamara crossover from the corner of the Yard box at the back post, he really should have scored. And a great save by Anik just on half time kept the, the scores level. A really good save to his right, pushing away a powerful Jason Kerr header. So, Murray made a tactical change in 37 minutes with McPherson from McAllister. We had another at half time with new signing Dylan Donnelly on from Marias and had a blow 
two minutes into the second half when, Mar- when Fraser limped off, replaced by another new signing, Christian Dennis. So Johnson not as dominant as they were in the, in the first half during the second 45, but you always felt they were more likely to score. Liam Gordon headed a Witherspoon free kick across the goal and wide. Michael O'Halloran shot straight to Annex from 20 yards. He was replaced by Stevie May soon after. The tempo of the game dropped and he passed 70 minutes with St Myrne not having a shot at goal or even a corner, so it was no surprise when St Johnson took the lead in 72 minutes. Craig Conway, who was outstanding all day, did really well in the inside left position. Low cross into the six-yard box. In came Stevie May, who slid in to make good contact and put the ball into the back of the net. But there's still only one in it at this stage, and St Myrne still had a chance to sneak a point, and Christian Dennis, the substitute, had a shot in 80th minute. He struck it well, but it was straight at Elliot Parish, the first and only save the goalkeeper had to make in the entire 90 minutes. Outstanding Danny McNamara, the young wingback, impresses every time you see him, almost wrapped up the points in the 84 minutes. A great save again by Anik, 15-yard shot by the young wingback, top left-hand corner, and tipped over the bar by the St Myrne goalkeeper. Bad day for St Myrne. Jim Goodwin will not have learned too much from today. They were off the pace from the start. But Callum Davis, I think, will be delighted not only with the performance that he looked for, but his first home victory of the season. Full time at Dermot Park. St Johnson won St Myrne nil. We told you at two o'clock that it was game of the day, and it turned out to be that Kilmarnock against Dundee United. Roger Hanna. Kilmarnock four, Dundee United nil. A first win of the season for Alec Dyer's men, and it was worth the wait. Two goals in each half at Rugby Park. Two strikers reunited and both hitting the net for Kelly a clean sheet for a new back four including debutant Zeno Rossi and Clever Di Camona a third debut for the club off the bench for Yusuf Malumbu and a goal of the season contender at the end from substitute Rory McKenzie Chris Burr tried to put Kelly ahead after 13 minutes he found space on the right hand side of the box but his low angled shot was held at the second attempt by Benji Seagrace United rallied Luke Bolton's cross beyond the far post was met by Logan Chalmers they just couldn't direct it on target Di Camona then came on for the injured Stuart Finlay and Kelly hit the front on the half hour. Callum Waters made progress down the left hand side. A fantastic swinging delivery and there was Kabamba to soar above the United defence and head past Segris for 1-0. He had burst his nose just moments later. He still had cotton wool stuffed up a nostril as he ran away to celebrate the opening goal. Then a pivotal 60 seconds just before the break. A set piece conceded by Rossi on the left hand side. Taken quickly, Peter Pollard's delivery to the back post was met by Mark Connolly but he flashed a header inches wide when he really should have hit the target for 1-1 and what a price United paid for that just moments later Kelly broke up the park United had chances to clear their lines they couldn't take them Big Kelty did well to keep the ball alive he found Eamon Brophy in the box and he guided a left foot shot across Segrist and just inside the far post United sent on Louis Aperi for Peter Pollitt at the break and he did rally early in the second half Callum Butcher had a drive tipped round the post by Kelly keeper Danny Rogers. Then a corner not cleared. Connolly's scissor kick flew high over the bar. Then Nicky Clark flashed a shot over the top as well as Mickey Mellon's side tried to get a foothold in the game. But Kelly always carried a danger in the break. Segrist had to make two saves first from a Kabamba snapshot after 62 minutes and then from a Brophy shot from distance after 72. But Kelly's third goal only delayed until 79 minutes. A dreadful slip by Connolly. Let Kabamba clean through and goalkeeper Segrist and he he smashed a left foot shot past the goalkeeper and into the net. There was a triple Kilmarnock substitution six minutes from time and included a third debut for fans' favourite Yusuf Malumbu who signed a short-term deal yesterday. But the scoring wasn't finished either. Another substitute, Rory McKenzie, making it 4-0, four minutes from the end. A breakaway ball to Greg Kelty in the right-hand side. He rolled it back into McKenzie's path and a delicious chip from 25 yards high over Segrist. It crept under the bar for 4-0. It completed the perfect.
perfect afternoon for Kelly Kilmarnock 4 Dundee United 0 And now it's over to you The floor is yours What is on your mind 0141 951 1025 The open line is here So get in touch with the guys And let them know What you're thinking After today's action Kilmarnock Convincing against Dundee United Wins for Livy And St Johnson Rangers fans We've got a Bit of a strange situation Where you can phone in Before the game kicks off Because it kicks off At half past five What do you make of the team Is that the right call from Stephen Gerrard Would you have done anything differently Alfredo Morelos is back But he's amongst the subs Is that the right call What about the departure of Jamie Murphy to Hibs And of course Celtic fans It's been a difficult week You've signed David Turnbull And you take on his former team Motherwell tomorrow After that European disappointment So whatever's on your mind Share it with the guys 01419511025 The open line is next after the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here and they're waiting to take your calls. Usual number or Twitter at Clyde SSB to let us know whatever's on your mind. What did you make of today's three o'clock games? What are you thinking ahead of the 5.30 game between Hamilton and Rangers? And what about tomorrow for you Celtic fans? Such widespread disappointment after that European, well, Champions League exit. Uh, and you have to bounce back against Motherwell tomorrow. Will David Turnbull play against his former side? So many questions that only you can answer. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Get your calls in nice and quick today. It finished Kilmarnock 4 Dundee United nil, Livy 1, Ross County nil, St Johnston 1, St Mirren nil. I don't think we need to look too far for the result of the day so far no no uh, as predicted Dundee United lost at Kilmarnock uh, 4-0 and a triumph for Alec Dyer and misery for Mickey Malin um, so we'll hear his reaction to that because it's the first real setback for Dundee United you know is it the loss of Lauren Shankland have they found that, that they are at a different level from what they were used to in the championship and yet they were seven minutes away from getting a draw with Celtic this time last week and they were terrific against Celtic but they have been well and truly beaten today by a much better team and uh, some of Kilmarnock's goals were superb Here's the thank you about Dundee United though I'd, I would I would argue that they were decent at, in some stages of that game I, I don't think they they were terrible I thought Kilmarnock, yep, very good going forward and were clinical. I think United still get into the final third with relative ease, but they didn't have that Shankland or uh, clinical edge that Kelly had. So, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to hear what Mickey Mellon says, but I thought Kilmarnock today were, were very good. And, and you look at the goals they scored. <laughs> you know, the first one, yeah. brilliant finish, even Brophy's won a brilliant finish and then topped off with that sublime yeah. chip. Alright, uh, let's go back to Hamilton first We'll get a recap of the teams And a flavour of the build-up with Andrew McLean Yeah, the team's out warming up for this one so far I can see the, the Rangers substitutes just in front of me With Alfredo Morelos included in those Just passing a ball around just next to the stand here Rangers looking to continue their unbeaten start to the season here today And to keep another clean sheet as well If they do that, and I, I hope you appreciate this Because I've been trawling through the history books to get this stat The last team in the Scottish top flight To keep six clean sheets in a row I believe was Willie Maley Celtic in 1906 So 
quite a record that Rangers could be setting if they manage that here today. Steven Gerrard is happy with how things are going for them this season and despite the fact that Hamilton have caused them problems in recent years, it always seems to be at Ibrox. It's never here. Rangers have been prolific here over the past few years and you know, they, Hamilton have struggled to cope with Rangers and, and struggled to keep them out but you know, Hamilton are coming off the back of a a Lanarkshire derby win last weekend Brian Rice thinks his team have been harshly judged in the early stages of this campaign that win will surely give them a lift but they also uh, only need to go back to April to find our last success against Stephen Gerrard's men lots of questions were asked of Rangers when Hamilton beat them at Ibrooks just before the shutdown in terms of team news it's three changes for Hamilton out go Johnson Moyo and Templeton income Trafford Mimnaw and Winter Mimnaw and Winter two 18 year olds starting for Hamilton today something Brian Rice tends to do quite a lot when he comes up against the likes of Celtic and Rangers he doesn't mind throwing in those young players it'll be a 4-4-2 for them today Ryan Fulton in goal a back four of Lee Hodson Hakeem Adolphin Sean Mont and Scott McMahon the midfield four Scott Martin Charlie Trafford Regan Mimnaw and Andy Winter Looks as if Ross Callahan will be supporting Marius Ogpo up top. The substitutes, Gurley, Hamilton, Templeton, Fjortoft, Moyo, Monroe, Smith, Obalabi and Johnson. As for Rangers, one change for them. Cedric Itten drops out and in comes Yanis Hadji to the starting lineup. Alfredo Morelos on the bench for them. A 4-2-3-1. John McLaughlin in goal. The back four, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philip Hellander and Borna Barisic. Ryan Jack and Stephen Davis, the holding midfielders, with Ryan Kent, Yanis Hadji and Brandon Barker in behind Kimar Roof. The substitutes, McGregor. Bassey, Patterson, Kamara, Stewart, Balligan, Arfield, Morelos and Jones. The referee here today is Willie Collum. We've already heard from Stephen Gerrard. Let's get the pre-match thoughts of Brian Rice. Our video works done on us. We are good moments against the old firm. You know, the chances we create, the goals we score. I don't need to show them too much about Rangers and Celtic. You saw that for me. I don't need to show them too much to see all that. And I concentrate more on our good aspects of play against the old firm. The first game in Celtic away, uh, I saw it there. I didn't see any fear. I didn't see any fear at all in my team. Yeah, we got beat, but I didn't see any fear. And I haven't sensed any fear in the four games we've played so far. Uh, it's a bit of a strange one, Alex, where Hamilton's success against Rangers tends to come at Ibrox. It goes against everything we expect, because usually when you've got the tight pitch and you've got the AstroTurf, you can make life difficult, you can get men behind the ball. We've seen it at Rugby Park, we've seen it at Livingston. Rangers versus Hamilton bucks that trend Completely Aki's won their last visit to Ibrox As you'll remember That um, game back in March um, But Rangers are 25 goals In their last six visits to Hamilton They do not find it a tough place to go Yeah I think that's a, a myth You're absolutely right they, They've been there And uh, they've have almost averaged four goals Per game Gordon And they'll be looking to try and do that again It was an interesting start We were just saying Me and Mark there during the break That Andrew needs to get out more Nin- <laughs> 1906 he's had to get back to Hugh yeah. to, to find that start But Talk about getting out more Hugh, Hugh was there <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's some, it would be a really good achievement Because you try and build on A foundation on clean sheets Mark And that would be like six in the bounce Yeah If they can achieve it yeah, I, I mean, because it's been a problem position, problem area for Rangers, centre-halves, and, you know, it's chopped and changed over the last couple of years. Seem to find something really balanced that suited them now. They get that record today, and then, you know, terrific. 01419511025, what's on your mind, Peter and Paisley? Hi, guys, thanks for taking my call. No problem at all, what have you um, got for us? This has took me three days to phone you because I'm still devastated with the Celtic result. Against that Hungarian team the other night, my point. I've got a couple of points. Um, Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon knew for the, before the game Edward was the plane, and he went with Christie. I'm taking nothing away from Christie, absolutely nothing, because he's a fantastic player. But he's better coming through the middle, 
or through the right. For me, James Forrest has done nothing because there's nobody pushing him for his position. He thinks he's guaranteed we can meet it. He does nothing, even against Rangers. We many teams like St Johnston, Hearts, whatever team he plays for against, he seems to pull it out of the bag. But in the big, important games, he's no way to be seen. For me, he brought in Aya for five million, Kalamara for three and a half. That's nearly ten million pound on the bench. Why would he not go back to a, a striker? My other point is, when Neil Lennon came back to Celtic, when Rogers left, he didn't change in. He came out and said he wasn't changing nothing because the way Brendan Rogers had it, it was working, and it was working. So when he came in, won the league, won the treble, you name it, and then he's he's kind of had a full pre-season himself, and he's just bringing back his own tactical, stupid madness, crazy tactics where he just plays a midfielder up front, where he's got two centre-forwards that he just bought for games like this. That is my point. Well, very interesting tomorrow against Motherwell to see what he does. I don't think that Neil Lennon can possibly ignore... Ayeti and Klamala tomorrow um, because he's putting uh, I'm sorry I thought you wanted an answer on no, you go on you go I'm sorry uh, he can't uh, possibly is... oh no <laughs> 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 come on Peter sorry, well, on you go. go on you have your peace go on <laughs> he can't possibly ignore Klamala and Ayeti tomorrow because it will give Peter and thousands of others a chance to say well what is going on here and it places a terrible strain on both of the players to be ignored again and that's why I think one will play and one will be on the bench and my suspicion is Ayeti will start the match but just to go back Peter you know you referred to Neil Lennon earlier on there as stupid um, I, I don't think that you show him any respect I think there. he said the tactics were stupid rather than the individual uh, Neil Lennon is stupid the tactics that he yeah. plays all the time in games like this, it always reverts back to mad tactics like, why would you play Christie up front when you've got two strikers, you both in for games like well, this? First of all, first, no of all against- first of all, I would suggest that uh, to agree with what Mark Wilson said earlier on, he clearly doesn't trust Kamala, and he also believes that Ayeti uh, is not yet fully fit, but I think tomorrow, one or other or both is going to have to take part in this mm. match otherwise you're putting a bullseye on their back and saying these two guys have been signed but they're not up to it Peter I'm interested in your your take on you know the, the change from, from Brendan Rodgers style to Neil Lennon's and you think that Neil Lennon should just stick to what Brendan Rodgers did I feel like we used to get calls on the show last year from delighted Celtic fans saying that Neil Lennon had taken what Brendan Rodgers did and improved it, had you know done away with some of the things that were annoying them, had been a little bit more direct at times, and they were delighted with the way Neil Lennon was playing. So, have I picked that up wrong? I no, no, really, I did get that. But you look back to when I think it was his second spell or his first spell. I can't remember. When we lost the League Cup final to Kilmarnock, we were getting beat after we small teams away from home. It was jeopardising the league title at times. And I'm pretty sure when Kilmarnock were freeing up at half-time, it was more or less 45, 40, 45 minutes to save his career. So that's because of the reverts to mad tactics, whereas there's strikers on the bench that are here to play. You keep, on referring, the bench. you keep on referring to mad 
tactics. Why has he won every? Why has he won every trophy? Since becoming Brendan Rodgers' repl- replacement To be fair I think both can still be true He can have been a successful manager But if people think that not playing a striker And putting Ryan Christie up is a bit mad I think that's fine I don't think we need to be too offended by that opinion Well, th- th- This is the, the, the one game reaction that you get uh, You know his tactics are stupid And then they're mad uh, But I, I don't think that he's been given credit For replacing Brendan Rodgers And Managing to win every domestic trophy since then I I understand that I've said in the programme earlier on today To lose to Ferenc Varos is a joke I can't, uh, I can't help but think you That the, the striker thing Because it wasn't a recognised striker Is is getting more scrutiny Than the mistakes that go on at the back yeah. Ryan Christie is a capable player Now I'm not saying he's a striker And it should have happened I get the old striker thing But it wasn't the reason Celtic lost Celtic still had uh, What 20 odd chances Or efforts in goal They hit the crossbar That Chris score But they lose two goals at the back And that's the big thing That is the big criticism uh, About the personnel that was chosen About the, the comments after the game That's been bugging Neil Lennon Because he doesn't think He's probably got committed individuals In that back lot So the old Christie thing is, yeah, people want to see the strikers that are brought to the club play and it becomes a big issue. But it's not the reason Celtic didn't beat Fenis Varos. I think unless they get defenders in, they'll fail to qualify for the Europa League as well. Um, the, at the back, it is simply not good enough. Yeah, I'm going back to the... the the selection, uh, I've, I've, I'm on record as saying I felt as if he still went with one of the strikers now. We've got Hugh and a few that saying that they may well come in tomorrow, but if they're not fit for Thursday night, how do you then throw them into the no, mix he on said, Sunday? He said that Klamala wasn't uh, ready to play in a game of that magnitude. Well, he said he wasn't match fit though. But for me, changing his stories, it goes along. First of all, he wasn't match fit. Yeah, then he said that was a uh, thing, Hugh. I, I I think there's a bit of backtracking in this whole situation yeah. here because see for Klamala who has been involved for day one. Right up to now He's had no injuries That I'm aware of oh. He's been in the fold And he should have A level of fitness Which should allow him To play against The Hungarians the other night And I think that's An interesting thing Because if he plays tomorrow How come all of a sudden He's fit Alright let's bring in Jerry and co-winning Thank you to Peter For kicking us off What's your take on, on What's going on at the moment Jerry? Hi Gordon um, I listened to the last caller there Let me just state From the get go I respect Neil Lennon I respect what he's done for the club and as, as a player and a manager. I respect the way he's had to deal with the most vicious and vile racist abuse for the past 20 years. And Hugh made reference to that last night. But I also can't be blind to the reality of the situation. That's three times in 12 months now whereby we have played inferior opposition in Europe with inferior budgets. And it's his tactics, his team selection, his players which have lost these games, also with the home advantage. Hugh, 20 years ago, Fergus McCann made a cold, calculated decision to fire Tommy Burns. No Celtic fan wanted him to do that, but it was the right decision, it was the right call, because history proved that right. I think it's time for Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond to make a cold, calculated business decision. Because let's let's put it from a business perspective that Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond are more interested in anything else. Neil Lennon's failures in Europe have cost the business of Celtic massive amounts of revenue massive amounts of money and if your business is failing you have to look at your management and if your management's not meeting his business targets you have to get a new manager in that's the cold reality I think we need to go by I respect Neil Lennon everything he's done 
But I think it's time for Neil to stand aside and we get any more modern, progressive manager. Just to be fair, obviously the first of those three wasn't Neil Lennon. It was it was Brendan Rodgers. I'm sure Jerry knows that, but I just didn't want it to come across as if he was. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Copenhagen clues. Oh, Copenhagen, and, right? Uh, okay. Well, the, the, don't you think that ten in a row, which is the most important target for the Celtic fans, Jerry? Uh, don't you think that that would be derailed uh, by? Looking for a new manager At this particular juncture I do not know Hugh uh, Hugh I think it, We are risking 10 in a row Keeping Neil in charge I think there's so many issues At Celtic I think in particular Griffiths and Ball and Golly I think if a, a stronger manager Would have got those players Out of the door by now I think that's Impacting on the respect level That the players have for him I know you can't go by Internet rumours all the time But there's a lot of rumours And talk about the kind of culture That's there now That he's abandoning a lot of the, the Professional standards That Brendan Rodgers brought in Now I don't know how true that is But Well you know, again you Again you, 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 you floated it While saying you don't know if it's true So it's unfair to float something While not knowing if it is true uh, With regard to Bolingoli Celtic paid What? £3 million to get Bolingoli and this is a Peter Lawwell decision Not Neil Lennon's Peter Lawwell I think Will be trying to get money For Bolingoli as much as he can get Because he doesn't want to just Write off a £3 million player So Yes he will never play for Celtic again But I think Peter Lawwell will try to get some money In the case of Griffiths You have to find out If he can make a comeback He has done so more than once In his career and again, you don't just cast him aside in case he makes a comeback that's worthy of the name. Uh, Mark, managers are, are there to, to be shot at. They've, they, they expect to get their tactics questioned and, and their team selections questioned. That's That comes with the territory. Um, but having been in the dressing room, it has never struck me that Neil Lennon struggles for the respect of his players. Is, no, that, is that fair? No, I think that's, uh, that's a given. You know, the respect he carries um, in my time. I know for a fact just now what the players think of him. So that's never in question. And chatting about business and the manager and, and what his job is. And Neil Lennon's job is to win trophies for Celtic. And Neil Lennon has won trophies for Celtic. And he's in a very good position to win a Scottish Cup coming up. Uh, and the other tournaments in terms of the League Cup, next year's Scottish Cup, and the league for 10 in a row. Yes, the Champions League, huge disappointment and it comes with losing huge amounts of money. But you can't sack a manager who has been successful domestically and winning trophies continually just because they don't qualify for the top competition. Uh, that's hugely unfair. And I get the knee-jerk reaction because Celtic fans want to be in this Champions League. But we've chatted about it before. Celtic's level is the Europa League. And if Neil Lennon can match that we're winning trophies domestically mm. How can you fire a manager yeah. like that? Jerry, I wonder about last season's European run Because again, I, I couldn't possibly sugarcoat the other night you, It's disappointing, you go to the Champions League But he is still the same manager Who managed to get Celtic out of a group That included teams like Lazio last season And you know, and got some famous results along the way So why would he not deserve the chance to try and do that again? Gordon, I'm going to give you four games, right? Uh, the two Lazio wins, the League Cup final last year, and Barcelona, the most famous win for Neil Lennon. They all had one common denominator that won those games. It wasn't Neil Lennon's tactics 
it was Fraser Foster. And this call is not about Fraser Foster. Fraser Foster didn't want to come back to Celtic, that's fine. But it wasn't from tactical genius by New Lennon that won those games. Fraser Foster won us those games. We would have lost those games by about seven or eight goals if it hadn't been for Fraser Foster. I get that, but to be fair, Jerry, then, if that's the case, surely the other night's disappointment is El Hamed's fault and not Neil Lennon's. You can't have it both ways. No, I think I think you have to well, you have to look at it from a tactical standpoint as well. And, you know, we've talked about the the, the defensive setup, we've talked about him playing James Flores who's out of form, we've talked about him playing Christie up front when he's not a striker. And he's done this now for two years uh, at the European level. I am not denying his domestic success. He has achieved great domestic success. That's why I respect him. But I'm talking from a European standpoint. If we want to progress in Europe and get back into the Champions League, and forget about what happened eight years ago. I'm not talking about eight years. I'm talking about his current time at Celtic. He has been a failure at the European level. Now, sure, Ronnie Dyler didn't get us into the Champions League three times in a row. And you didn't expect him. You were very critical of him, like everyone was. He was not fit to be the Celtic manager. Why is it different for Neil Lennon? Uh, I, I think you're entirely wrong to compare Ronnie Dyla directly to Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon has won trophy upon trophy. And uh, Ronnie Dyla, by the end, uh, it was a Dermot Desmond Peter Lowell decision that he was not fully up to the job. And Ronnie Dyla told Peter Lowell six months before he left the club. They didn't feel he could take them on any further. Now, Jerry, you said at the start that it had taken you uh, since Wednesday to be able to make this call because you've been stunned, devastated, call it what you will. And I think that's the reaction of the Celtic support. I cannot say any more strongly than I have done that it's a joke to go out to Ferencvaros. I fully appreciate that. It is a joke. But I think to talk about binning the manager now... uh, it would automatically send shockwaves throughout the club. It would derail 10 in a row. And how do you know you're going to get the top class manager that you crave uh, at short notice like this? I just need to touch on a point Jerry made there when he said that he's been a failure last year. What is success then for Neil Lennon and Celtic? Because Neil Lennon and Celtic, he got them at the group stages, very difficult group. Now when you go away and you play against Copenhagen I think we all agree in here when we watch the game The first leg Celtic probably should have won that game They should have and they made a mess of it But So Yeah he got knocked out of the tournament What did he have to win the tournament To become a success I don't think so I think many questions His tactics away When they turned up at Lazio Neil Lennon played A different formation A 3-5-2 I was on the show that night <laughs> We did question it We thought oh that's a brave a brave choice of tactics Yes Fraser Foster did make saves But at the end of that game Neil Lennon could have well Told his team to sit in And soak it up But they were pouring bodies forward So You know I'm a bit confused When He's he's getting the blame tactically After that night People were coming on this show On the Saturday And saying It was a masterclass for Neil Lennon What he did So I don't think he's a failure in Europe I think yes Wednesday's result Was a horrendous result but I don't think you can sack a manager off the back of that. Yeah, I think it would be very premature to to sack Neil Lennon because when you look at his actual domestic record, I think most Celtic fans will be kind of happy the way that's going along. I think the biggest disappointment was that you know the 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 riches Gordon that are available for the getting to the Champions League group stages gives you so much kind of flexibility. You can bring in big players. It keeps the the, the balance books in the right direction. So. Uh, I think it's obviously a reaction from him But in terms of the way that he set up in uh, 
Wednesday night I thought he got it wrong and, and I said it to my mate before the game Because to not play a striker I thought was terrible But you also have to defend better uh, also uh, thank you to Jerry and co-winning We'll leave it there um, We've got a big game going on down south To us though It's Kieran Tierney against Andy Robertson In the Community Shield oh. And at half time It's Arsenal 1 Liverpool 0 The guys are just cheering Because they're seeing a, a replay of the goal Not because it's happening It's half time It's Arsenal 1 Liverpool 0 And the goal Alex Is oh, stop it. unbelievable All the way from the Arsenal goalkeeper yes. They pass it out They break Liverpool's press And then Aubameyang cuts one Cuts in and curls one into the far yeah, corner Yeah there's, but there's a switch of play Gordon It just takes the defender right out of play And a Abangiams just set it out at that far post Curled it past the goalkeeper It's top top draw And they, they'll be desperate to keep him uh, beyond this season Yeah to us though it's 1-0 to Kieran Tierney Hugh And yeah. we'll see if Andy Robertson can respond uh, in the second half Thank you Jerry and co-winning Quite busy on the phones And we've got a game about to kick off Kick off in Hamilton is next Games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Fast approaching kickoff in Hamilton. We've had three good games in the Premiership this afternoon. Kelly four, Dundee United nil, Livingston one, Ross County nil, and St Johnston one, St Mirren nil. Next up is Hamilton Ackies against Rangers. Here's Andrew McLean. Yeah, Rangers out on the pitch already in there full black and orange kit that they've got on Hamilton just making their way out the tunnel as well in their normal home kit. The clouds starting to come over here as well at Hamilton a big three points at stake for both sides Rangers will be keen to go into that international break top of the table with as many points and goals as possible while Hamilton can actually leapfrog both Kilmarnock and Livingston if they manage to cause a shock today. Brian Rice looks as if he's replaced some of their creative players really with solidity going into this one Johnson and Templeton dropping to the bench but also looking to youth to shine through it as well a couple of 18 year olds in the starting lineup. Morelos only on the bench for Rangers. Hadji comes back in just before kickoff. I'll give you a run through of the starting 11s. Fulton in goal for Hamilton. Hodson, Adolphin, Want and McMahon the back four. Martin, Trafford, Mimnaw and Winter the midfield four with Callahan and Ogbo up top for Rangers. It's McLaughlin in goal, the back four. Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander and Barisic. Jack and Davis the holding midfielders. Kent, Hadji and Barker in behind Kemar Roof. And the referee for this one as we're about to get underway is Willie Collum. Hugh Keevans, your predictions have been nothing short of disgraceful this afternoon. Let's yes. see if you can go one better. Hamilton no Rangers four. OK. I'll go 3 0 Rangers. Yeah, I will go 3-0 as well to get my acker up, Gordon Oh yeah, you've done well this afternoon I must say, yeah, Rangers have a very, very impressive record in Hamilton Will it continue this afternoon? Well, we will find out uh, Andrew McLean gave you the teams Remember, Alfredo Morelos is back He's back amongst the squad uh, But he's on the bench Kamal Roof leading the line um, Hamilton Aki's Alex Boyd perhaps though By the, the Lanarkshire Derby win It's obviously a very different test Yeah, without doubt And... Uh, it's a very difficult job that he has, Gordon, due to the fact that they have so many young guys. I, I like the fact that they pro- promote from the within the club, uh, but I think it'll be a tough test for them today to get anything from this game. Okay, kickoff just about to happen. We'll keep you up to speed on any important incidents within the opening half an hour or so before we disappear. Let's bring in Paul, who is an interested Celtic fan. He's listened to a few different opinions on the phones. Paul, what do you make of what's going on? Hi Gordon, hi guys hi. Uh, I was going to have a bit of abuse Because I think they thought I've been on Hughes Nokia And I keep getting cut off all the time So hopefully my call goes through tonight uh, I've listened to the calls And everybody will know that I'm a new learning man uh, Disappointed another night But the scattergun effect I, Even if I wanted to do the new learning Which I don't I can't think of anybody better to come in now 
Uh, I was disappointed the other night. He, he went with the wrong tactics, uh, and especially after last year at Cluj. Uh, we've not got we've not got the players to move them about. Did understand the striker thing? If they, they weren't fit and were on the bench, surely he could have played one for a bit and one for another bit. But I was disappointed, but we're not a Champions League team. We, we at best will qualify, but remember with Brendan Rodgers as well, and we, and we carried a fair bit of luck as well, you know. But the, the one Champions League player we've got is Edward. He wasn't playing, and the chances are he'll be sold. Now I'm not saying that that team were a great team. They weren't a great team, and we can make it sound as good as, as we like. They weren't a great team. Uh, we had so much possession, but. I think at times in the Champions League qualifiers you could you could make up a, a coaching video about how you have possession and actually not do much. The one thing I will say about Neil Lennon that, that I'm a wee bit disappointed in and, and he seems to have changed is I heard a caller earlier on saying that he said he wouldn't change anything that Brendan Rodgers done. That's not strictly true. When he did come in he said maybe the only thing he would change was he felt that they were playing about too much at the back and he would like to get the ball forward quicker now the defenders that we've got and the defenders that we've got now they're ball playing defenders who aren't exactly tough now we need three big tough guys at the back I'm fed up with ball playing defenders give the ball to the midfielders they're the football players we need to play our strengths and everybody knows the defenders we've got are nice football players they like to play the ball for the back but they're not rough, they're not tough, and, and we'll never get anywhere near getting into the Champions League with these big, soft defenders. Just out of curiosity, Paul, if you were picking the team, would you have picked Clamalla? I mean, I, I obviously get it. He is a striker. Ryan Christie is not. Would you have picked him? Who would you have left out, and, and what, what would you have done lineup-wise? You know, I would have picked Clamalla because I don't think he's done that bad. I mean, the couple of goals he's got have been kind of from nothing, like running in behind, muscling in. So he, he could have, at least he could have held up the play a bit. Uh, who would I who would I know have played? Maybe Scott Brown, to be honest. I think I know it's a big European game, but I think that Scott Brown sometimes attracts a bit to other players where he looks to do too much. Uh, and this is the bit about possession. We've got so much possession, we didn't do anything with it. Celtic are losing these matches because of the same old failings The same old, same old You know, uh, Julian far too easily rattled Ayer thinks he's much, much better than he really is Again though Hugh, you like them as, as targets And a lot of time you're justified But what, what did Christopher Julian do wrong the other night? When, when was he rattled the other night? And how did that contribute I'm to Celtic about, going out? I'm talking about in general yeah, but you, said the same, you said Celtic are doing this Because of the same old failings So how, yeah, when the, were those the, failings At the back They are Deficient Yeah but you re- then referenced Julian being rattled When did that happen the other night? Uh, I never said it happened last night uh, The other night I'm, I'm saying that It is the same old with him He's easily rattled He's made Lyndon Dykes A QPR player Yeah I know But what relevance has that got To what happened the other night? Because surely that's what's That's what's caused All this disappointment The Celtic fans are Stunned by what has taken place And I think they suspect There is worse to come And by worse to come I don't mean failure to qualify For the Europa League I mean the ultimate in worse to come For Celtic supporters uh, And 
the time it takes Celtic to get players in is beyond belief. And the other night could have been avoided if they had moved quicker to get in the kind of defender that everyone seems to want. Not the, the ball playing, I think I'm the new Virgil van Dijk. They want uh, an honest to goodness, no nonsense defender. I think that's a frustration, though, Hugh, what you just touched on there. The length of time it takes players to come in at Celtic. Now, this has happened over the years where a target gets identified and Neil's, Neil's come out and he says bits and pieces about even strikers and the Stephen Fletcher thing. Yeah, we're interested. And it seems to take from that point where the manager wants him in till a player comes in the door, seems to take an eternity, an awful long time. And of course, the Shane Duffy one's just the, the latest one. And who knows if he would have made a difference. But he's a type of kind of defender I think Paul's on about. A no-nonsense guy. Yeah, I just, I just feel a like, long time. I just feel like this conversation is what I would have expected if Celtic's back two had been ragdolled and dragged yeah. all over the place on it, which didn't happen. No, not the other night. So, but we're not just talking about the other night. Well, we are though, obviously. It's well, the, we're talking about the 10 yeah, in a the row general, thing the, and the general, general picture and, here And Kamarnock. Neil Lennon's wanting them in And I, I know the other night is a is a big You know it was a big mistake You're talking about the length Hammond. of time that players come in So yeah. you're, so so I assume by that you mean Had another defender been signed by the other night It would have made a difference well, without, have doubt, without doubt Yeah it was, it's one of the things the, the, that Paul said there as well Mark about Celtic are not a Champions League I hear this quite a lot And so if you break it down to two segments Obviously to qualify You have to get Into that group stage And when you look at The opposition Over the last three years Athens, Kluge And Ferenvaros um, uh, The other night I feel as if They have enough At their disposal To take care of these teams Before they get Now when you get To the group stages That is a totally Different proposition Because you're up against Elite with massive budgets So they're there But I think there should be A massive disappointment Within Celtic In the last three years That they haven't taken care Of teams Of this ilk uh, Paul, what about tomorrow? Um, does Klamala come into the team then? Yeah, what's happened now? Godness, because of the, the whole debacle that we're not playing, it's actually put more pressure on the boy when he comes in now. If he'd been on for a wee mm-hmm. bit the other night, I, I, I think that, see, if, for, for Lennon himself, for, for Neil Lennon's kind of professional pride in that as well, see, so he, if he'd played a striker and they would and they had went out the same thing had happened again I don't think it would have looked as bad on him you know but what he's actually done now is especially Kamala if he's saying he's not ready and stuff the boy does play them on it I mean you see a lot of pressure on the boy uh, as yet he doesn't look fit which is understandable you know uh, it just uh, the, the other night just created problems that and to, to be fair, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the strikers' fault. It wasn't. I mean, Christie scored. You could say that they hit the bar. But again, it's a defence. I'm I'm a fan of Bagel Hamid going for, going forward. But a defender's first job shouldn't be going forward. They should have went through the boy. He almost played a one-two of him. Uh, I don't know about when Mark was there, but no offence, like your defender. But I'd imagine that your your first job as a defender, you're not as a good a football player. Good with the ball at your feet as the midfielders. That's why you are a defender all the time. But the, <laughs> the, the ball. Really? I don't have a go at me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, 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 true. It's right though. That kind of that kind of goes back to what I'm saying a minute ago. Up until Wednesday, everybody kept telling me that El Hamed was great, and now all of a sudden, so, so it's good. No, El Hamed's a good player. Mistakes do harm. Yeah, of course. It's just the way it happens. And Celtic fans are going. Well, it's happening too often to 
too many are back. Oh, so you know, he, he would have still played the other night had I this mystery it, new defender th- arrived. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have. I think Panic and that could have made the difference in certain situations, but I, I think El Hamid would play. I think Panic has set in now. Uh, I remember this weekend as the 29th of August on Super School Board, the first sack Neil Lennon call of the new season. Let's bring in John and Paul here just because we're running a bit late and want to squeeze as many in. John, what have you got for us? Hey, there, it's just a quick one. Uh, I'm an Angels fan, uh, and obviously that was everybody's going on about the game and that happened on Wednesday. If Neil Lennon had got through with the tactics he'd done and Christy up front, would any of this all these people were phoning up, calling for his head, obviously, that's just one guy calling for his head. But what would have happened if they got through? What would they be saying to him then if they got through on Wednesday night? I'm just wondering what you think of that one. Well, they would say nothing at all, uh, I think is the honest answer to your question, John, because uh, if they had gone through narrowly, it would be, so what, we're in the next round, uh, and nothing would have been said. But that's why I say... I think panic has set in on the back of uh, one very, very bad European result. But as I say, I remember this weekend, August 29, first Mm. Lennon out call. Because Neil Lennon, and some people might say, well, he didn't have a choice that night, so it was different. But Lewis Morgan played up front against Wren in a Europa League group stage match, and they won, and it was never questioned again, and you just kind of move on. I mean, I've seen people... Liking it to, to Craig Levine And why is he not getting the same stick <laughs> yeah. But it's it's not I'm sorry Go back and watch that game Against the Czech Republic And then watch Celtic's performance The other night It's not Chong it's, it's not yeah. the same thing um, Yeah Neil, Neil certainly Looked at that game And thought Morgan Christie I think Christie's a better player Than Morgan I think, I'm pretty sure Neil Lennon does Can get away with it You know we had so much success We'll have so much of the ball We'll get away with it And You know The, the problem lies in If if you do get beat Then it is such A huge total point So does Klamala come in tomorrow? Or a Yeti even? I wonder I, I wonder if the two of them play I mean Neil Neil's changed Chopped and changed his formation before Maybe he goes with two up front Maybe he puts the two of them in But again then comes the questions Well why did they not play On Wednesday night If the two of them play But see if they're not going to play now And they can't get matched When are they going to play? David Turnbull no play <sighs> Well I said to you earlier on in the week That I didn't think it was fair on David Turnbull mm. To play against Mullow I now think Having listened to people here On Super Scoreboard The callers I now think that Neil Lennon Has to do What he thinks best mm. And never mind um, David Turnbull's who, Association who would you with Mullow Who would you put him in for If you were making that change It was obviously The two It would be Brown or uh, McGregor wouldn't it Well uh, Jam. Well, you could put him in the, the, the Christie yeah. spot, Ten, and yeah. Christie played wide like he did at, at Tannadice last week. Yeah, but the kind of mood, that, the kind of mood that the Celtic fans are in now. Uh, tomorrow is massive for Celtic. It, it sounds ridiculous on the thirtieth of August, but it's massive for Celtic. Uh, what do you think, John? The, are you the type of Rangers fan that gets excited about your chances this season based on what you saw the other night, or? Do you take a bit more of a sort of calm approach to things? Well, I don't know because every time we've had a good a good chance at it, we've always blown it, just like last season with the winter break we had. But I don't know. We'll need to wait and see uh, what happens. Yeah. But obviously, obviously, with the thing yet Wednesday, everybody says it's like after his back, he made one mistake. We didn't put the strikers on. Get a grip. What happens if he goes and wins 10s in a row? Are they going to come back and say, oh, he should have solved the striker? 
at the, in, in the Champions League game You know what I mean Yeah Hamilton nil Rangers nil at the moment 12 minutes gone uh, Thank you very much to John and Pollock Any There's nothing really of note Alex a booking for Scott McMahon For holding Ryan Kent Yeah Kent uh, Not made him beautifully Gordon And he just hold him back It was a right decision I think as Willie Collum today But Rangers have most of the ball But they don't really seem to be Troubling the goalkeeper for Hamilton at the, this present time OK, we're going to hear from some of today's managers The post-match reaction is coming in We'll give it to you next After they play, you have your say 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line And while you were away, you missed one of these Clyde One Super Scoreboard Goal Flash Hamilton nil, Rangers one, and it's Yanis Hadji. The cross came in, the header came down off the bar, and there was Hadji. A simple finish from a couple of yards out. Open goal, no mistake from him, and Rangers get up and running. 15 minutes gone when the goal went in. Hamilton nil, Rangers one. Long evening for Hamilton Ackies now. Uh, they are being swamped by Rangers, uh, and it's, it will be, I think, what Rangers wanted to be now. Yeah, great ball in from Davis. Comes to him on his right foot Puts it into that back post area Roof making a nuisance of himself there Comes back off the bar McMahon couldn't do anything about it And Hadji tucks it away So good start for Rangers I think it's always important when you go away from home Places as to get a goal yeah. in the opening 20 minutes Just to settle the nerves Yeah because there's not have been a great deal in it Alex Rangers hadn't created much Hamilton would have been happy enough But 15 minutes gone and, and yeah. they're a goal down Yeah you're absolutely right I think it's been uh, quite comfortable for Hamilton But the problem you have is Gordon When you allow Quality to come into your box uh, Roof does well to attack it The defender tries to kind of get tight to him And it ricochets onto the crossbar And Hadji was uh, the sharpest to, to react But I think from now on in You know Rangers should just put the foot down And try and overwhelm Hamilton uh, Okay let's reflect on some of the Three o'clock games Jim Goodwin uh, disappointed It was a 1-0 defeat at McDermott Park Here's what he had to say at full time No arguments about the the final outcome, um, you know, we were extremely poor in the first half. Never laid a glove on St Johnston. Um, never done the basics well enough all afternoon. Really, it was a slight improvement in the second half, which you would expect because you know we couldn't uh, have played any worse. That's for sure. Um, but you know, St Johnston thoroughly deserved their three points today. Very unlikely performance today. Yeah, I mean, look, we had to try and shuffle the pack a little bit with Joe Shaughnessy being out. We wanted to try and be offensive and, and, and get at St Johnston. We played with two strikers up top. We played with Kyle McAllister in the hole, hoping to get him on the ball and exploit the space. But quite simply, it never panned out that way. And then we had to make uh, formation changes after about a half an hour mark. Uh, obviously made an early substitution. We had to make another sub at half-time with Junior Elias picking up an injury. So, listen, it just wasn't to be our afternoon today. Um, Mickey Mellon obviously disappointed A 4-0 defeat at Kilmarnock Result of the day so far uh, For the Kelly, uh, for Kelly Dundee United Though without Lauren Shankland again Remember he has been out injured But was named in the Scotland squad This is the latest update from Mickey Mellon It's just not improved to a put by place where um, He was even going to be close to being available today So it wouldn't have been fair to Dundee United or Scotland To, to have him involved in that When do you think he will be available for you? Oh, I don't know, It's just it's not, there was no trauma So we don't there was no moment where we could say there's the injury let's deal with that it's just something that just came on out of, out of nowhere really um, sometimes the injuries can disappear just as quick so fingers crossed so out of the Scotland squad by the sounds of it yeah. um, shame for Lauren Shankland um, and obviously for Dundee United as well oh, and it sounds ominous you know they don't know 
yeah. if you don't know the exact nature of what you're dealing with, then how, how can you deal with it? Yeah, I'll be disappointed for the player and and Dundee United because he's been excellent at looking to test himself at the top flight. They've obviously had a decent start, Dundee United. That's a bit of a blow today. But they'll be looking to try and get Lawrence up to speed as soon as possible. Fairly mysterious assessment of the injury there. Uh, we've got another goal for Rangers at Hamilton. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Goal Flash, and it's the captain this time, James Tavernier. A similar close range finish after an initial effort. So cutting yeah. from the left hand side, Ryan Fulton saved the initial shot. Um, but as you know, Tavernier plays pretty high up the pitch, and even as a fullback, he was right there to tap home the rebound. It was good work from Ryan Kent. The shot came in, decent save from Ryan yeah. Fulton. Um, but the rebound tapped home by Tavernier Very positive by Ryan Kent He drives to the byline Chops back inside Gordon He wraps his foot round it And the keeper gets a, a strong hand And palms it away But Tavernier comes in at the back post And uh, you know you're talking about the importance of players as well I think they both fullbacks at Rangers have six assists And that's obviously a goal yeah. as well So Great it's impressive for Kent. Yeah. Yeah, Great play positive. that's what he's here for That's what you want your wingers and your right players to do Chops back in Gets a shot on target And Tavernier was in amongst it At the first goal as well And at the back post He's not playing like a right back today He's got the freedom up and down that right hand side He's just playing as a right winger Almost like a right yeah. forward Steven Gerrard said that a couple of weeks ago That they want to take the handbrake off of both full backs And allow them to bomb forward And, and there's evidence there Well I said it before nil uh, Full time I'm beginning to think it before nil half time uh, And uh, Hamilton Aggies will need to be careful I don't know what they do about preventing a severe beating But they are Looking at A severe beating Unless they can do something There are two 18 year olds In that side You know and It's a tough shift For Brian Rice uh, When you get Young players like that Okay let's take another call Before full time Goes for us uh, Tony's in East Kilbride Hi Tony Hi Tony We've got you Very echoey Where are you? Uh, I'm just getting the house in there. Close, Tony, aye. Aye, aye, aye. I was just going to say, like, like, I, I read what you said earlier on about Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Scott Brown, obviously, he's getting on. He's getting on a wee bit. And uh, I, I think that like, even last season when he was injured, I thought Shelley played. Uh, mate, mate, there was more pace. Mate, I know. I know he's been a great servant, that, but uh, I think even last year when he was out, that Charlotte were doing, but there was more pace in the team. That yeah, I mean, you know I, I mean, I I've, I've heard that before. Was, was that last season or I was, was it the season, season before? before? I mean, because season Scott before, Brown yeah. made fifty odd, fifty-five. He, he played fifty year? times 50. In, in a curtailed season. Yeah. Um, it was the season before And Callum McGregor I think yeah, dropped into in, that yeah. hole And started spraying the ball about. And yeah no doubt Celtic went through a period Where it did look sharper It did look quicker um, Look there's no doubt Scott's getting on He is getting on Celtic will have to find A replacement sooner or later I thought his games Would have been curtailed Last year But Gordon you've just said there 50 games 50 games um, In a season that didn't Properly finish Yeah But he's the same as Every other Celtic player Just now I don't think they've started The season particularly well, particularly sharp. I thought Hamilton game okay. They looked good going forward, but um, but apart from that, it's all been a bit sluggish. Um, I would I wouldn't count Scott Brown out yet. I know there's people very quick to jump on things and say he's done as soon as a bad result comes in, but I still think he's hugely important for Celtic in this season of all seasons. Oh, what a, what a move that is by the edge of the box with Rangers. Hugh, a little give and go with Hadji at Kent flicks over the top. It's a brilliant save 
by the Hamilton goalkeeper. I think Rangers are out to prove uh, that they are really serious this season. The feel-good factor of not having conceded a goal in the five and a half matches so far. Uh, I think Hamilton are in for a horrible remainder yeah, of this game. Uh, Tony, what would you do with the midfield tomorrow then? You've got David Turnbull's now a Celtic player as well. Would you throw him straight in? Who are you leaving out? Who are you starting? I no, I would I, I would put him in straight away. Obviously, he's playing against his old club and all that. He's going to have something to prove. So I I would I, I would get, I would let him off the range straight away and put from right in there. As I say, I know Scott's been a great a great servant, not for obviously for the team, but I do think he's getting on a wee bit, and I do think we're lacking a bit of pace in there. Mark and Alex, having I don't know if you've been in a you know exact situation, but can there be a benefit to playing against the group of players that you've just left because you actually might feel a bit more comfortable because you know them and you know what to expect. Happened to me. I, I that made was myself your first game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, against Dundee United. I found it strange. Must have yeah, found it strange. Um, How long had you been in? Just the same couple of days? Or? Uh, no, it was a week or a so. Week. Well, still um, but still not long though. I, I did find it strange. Found it hard to get into. Um, but of course, a, a totally different situation. David Turnbull's. You know, an attack-minded player. I think it's actually pretty similar. If I was, you did the. I was um, at that time. Dundee United knew my weaknesses. Knew I wasn't great at defending the back post, so they put Jim McIntyre straight on me. And Mike, I knew he just had to run at me, so I found that quite difficult to deal with. And I felt I was, I didn't play my natural game. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. might be different if Turnbull. Uh, place tomorrow Yeah it may well be An opportunity to go in And I don't think it would affect him The slightest Gordon what, The one thing about Turnbull Is if he's going into Playing that game tomorrow He knows he's better Than the motherboard players That are already there Because you know You don't get a move to Celtic With that kind of money With that kind of quality Neil It'll be a good battle To see Alan Campbell Coming up against oh. him I'm sure he'd fancy his chances as well Neil Lennon's team selection Is going to be The first And most interesting detail Of the day For the Celtic supporters And I said that to you This is a must win game It's the fourth league game Of the season It's a must win game For Celtic After the Ferns Barros result And with fans Talking about Wanting another manager It's been quite the day On Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Kilmarnock 4 Dundee United 0 Livingston 1 Ross County 0 And St Johnston 1 St Mirren 0 We have a game underway In Hamilton 25 minutes gone And at the moment It's Hamilton 0 Rangers 2 Rangers looking like They're going to rack in a fairly convincing scoreline this evening Celtic of course at home to Motherwell tomorrow And we're back on Monday night to look back on it all Six o'clock, Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray will be here We'd love it for you to join us And in the meantime, you can stay right there Because George Bowie and the GBX are up next <laughs>